What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about Tesla and the company's Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai that is set to come online later this year. This is going to be a huge expansion of Tesla's business in China and marks a huge opportunity to enter the world's largest vehicle and electric vehicle market. So in this episode, I want to go through the timing of Tesla's Gigafactory 3, the progress that's been made, the financial impact this could have, and what my financial projections are for the company's business in China. Um, I think this is a huge, huge deal. So I wanted to start by just sort of laying the scene. Generally, China's been a booming economy, um, rapidly growing middle class. Of course, this has led to a rapidly growing uh, vehicle passenger car sales market. Uh, this data from Statista shows, you know, we're going from about 10, 13 million cars a year, including commercial vehicle sales and passenger vehicle sales to, you know, almost 30 million units sold a year in just the last decade. So rapid expansion in just the vehicle market in China. And if we actually zoom into electric vehicles, China has taken the lead over the U.S. drastically and become the world's largest electric vehicle market in just the past three or four years alone, um, projecting to sell well over a million units uh, of electric vehicles this year. And so China is a huge, huge opportunity for companies like Tesla. I mean, it's no secret that China has had a huge smog and pollution problem as sort of a side effect of their rapid economic growth over the past several decades. And in reaction to this and to try and solve this problem, the Chinese government has been placing heavy incentives on electric vehicles and pushing them as the future of the country. So as part of this initiative, and the Chinese government's push to really clean up their transportation system, they have been working with Tesla to establish Gigafactory 3 Shanghai, a wholly owned automotive factory. So why is this such a big deal? Because previously, up until now, any foreign automaker that wanted to build a factory in China had to team up with a local domestic manufacturing partner with a joint venture. Now they have totally changed their tune and they are letting Tesla build a wholly owned factory in China. You know, just from a high level, this is a landmark change in macroeconomic policy from one of the world's largest governments, China, that they're allowing a, a US company to do this. So it's really exciting. And the fact that it's going to Tesla to not to GM, not to Volkswagen, not to Porsche or, or any of these European or traditional American auto manufacturers, but going to the upstart Tesla is really, really fascinating. And so, you know, the government appears to be fully standing behind this Gigafactory 3 project in Shanghai. So in January, Tesla began construction of the Gigafactory 3. It was literally just a pile of dirt outside of Shanghai, you know, just about six months ago. And huge shout out to Vincent on Twitter, who's a buddy of mine, who's also has a YouTube channel um, and an awesome Twitter account who's been posting updates about the, the Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai. So I'm going to be using some footage from his channel just to show you the rapid progress that is occurring. I mean, this is in January. Well, now you can see that there's been huge progress. The entire shell of the building is essentially complete. Um, they're actually already, it looks like building stuff on the inside, getting ready for production and tooling. I mean, the pace of construction here has been incredible. Elon Musk even said at the shareholder meeting a couple weeks ago that he's almost never seen a factory be constructed this fast. So this is an this is just a little you know anecdote to show you that when the Chinese government supports something and they want to get it done, I mean, the speed and execution at which it happens is incredible. And actually, Vincent, as of June 20th, shared pictures of the inside of the factory um, where you can see just how incredible the progress has been made. But taking a step back, in late May, Tesla announced and sort of held this, you know, challenge on, on Weibo, the Chinese version of Tesla Twitter, to guess the price of the Made in China Model 3. This was the kickoff of the marketing for Tesla's Made in China uh, product and essentially beginning to tell consumers the story. So they announced the price of 328,000 yuan, 47,500 USD approximately, and deliveries in six to 10 months. So if that was late May, so that assumes that deliveries are going to start in very late November or early December with cars that are actually built out of that factory in Shanghai. 
Now, the, uh, just a quick note on the pricing. This is a little bit more expensive than the $40,000 entry price for the Model 3 here in the US, but that is because it includes a, a small VAT tax. And if you take out the effect of the tax, the price is about the same as the US. And so this is really exciting because this is a concrete date that we now have that Tesla's actually planning to deliver cars from uh, the, the Shanghai Giga 3 in November or December of this year. That means we would go from a pile of dirt to delivering cars to customers in under a year. And, you know, as, as much of an exciting, you know, technological engineering feat that is, what's even more exciting is potential implications uh, financially and just strategically that this could have for Tesla's business. Because like I said, China, the fastest growing and largest electric vehicle market in the world. And that means there is huge potential for, for Tesla to be selling tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of cars in the region. Before I want to get into the sales estimates, I do think it's really interesting to note that in their Q1 2019 letter, Tesla explains how the relative capex per unit of capacity is drastically smaller in Gigafactory 3 versus uh, the Model 3 production line that they built in Fremont or Reno. And so they basically said that we intend the Model 3 to be the first step in a platform which we can cost effectively and quickly replicate across geographies and vehicle types. We have spent years developing this platform in Gigafactory Shanghai and our planned Model Y production line will be the first to reap this investment. Learning from our experience, we can now build the second generation Model 3 line in China that we expect at least to will be at least 50% cheaper per unit of capacity than our Model 3 related lines in Fremont and at Gigafactory 1. So this is what I just wanted to bring this up is because the pace of innovation at Tesla's manufacturing operations cannot be understated. This is the company's greatest strength. There was so much rapid disruption happening in the vehicle space. You know, we're building software first cars that are electric vehicles. This requires totally unique uh, production lines that are also far more automated than they've been in the past. And people give Tesla so much crap for, you know, the, the slower than expected Model 3 ramp up, the over automation uh, of different uh, general assembly lines. Well, my visits to the Fremont factory showed me one thing that was very clear when looking at, you know, the, the general assembly three for initial Model 3s and then the tent assembly line, which was sort of the next iteration of that, you know, just vastly more efficient, vastly more simple, vastly more streamlined. Every single production line that Tesla builds is getting way cheaper and way more efficient. And that is what they're telling you here and, and, and dropping hints. That's what gets me so excited about Tesla is that we're, we're very, you know, the value that this entity has has yet to be realized. If you think about all of that learning and expertise from failing at Fremont is going to translate to billions in saved CapEx and potentially billions of profit when they build up this next factory, which is, you know, years away from actually hitting the financials, but that value has already sort of been created. And so that's just one example of why I think Tesla is such a hard company to understand and analyze because they're growing so quickly and we haven't seen the financial impact of all of their technological and manufacturing breakthroughs yet. But we're going to start with the Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai, which they say will be vastly cheaper to build. So now let's dive a little bit into the financial implications of what, how big of a piece of Tesla's business has come from China in the past and what is the potential for it to impact Tesla in the future. So I pulled through a bunch of quarterly filings. Q4 numbers weren't there, so I had to subtract them out. So if this is wrong, uh, please correct me. But this is the data that I'm looking at of Tesla's quarterly vehicle sales in China. As you can see, Q1 2019, I mean, the, the data fits with the story. That's right when they started delivering the Model 3 there internationally, you know, first Model 3 delivery set China. Of course, revenue spikes to a record uh, 779 million in the quarter. Um, so an awesome quarter for Tesla in China, already almost doing a billion a year without even building the cars there yet. So if we annualize that run rate and take the past annual data from China, you can see that this is Tesla's China business has gone from nothing in about six years to a multi-billion dollar uh, business for them. And it looks like it's steadily growing, although it is kind of lumpy year to year. So Tesla is guided in the shareholder meeting 
that they will begin producing cars in 2019 and that the first phase of capacity of the Shanghai Gigafactory 3 will be 150,000 Model 3 units a year. And so far, they said they will be doing battery production at every single Gigafactory going forward. So I'm assuming that means they're doing battery production at Gigafactory 3 and they're only building the Model 3 there for now, not the Model S and X. And my understanding is they will build the Model Y there eventually, but never the S and X. So I've kind of summed up all of Tesla's comments and tried to basically sum up what I think, these are just guesses of what the production will look like. Um, I'm assuming about 5,000 units delivered in 2019, you know, very tail end of the year. They're going to start delivering it to customers. Just going to be a handful, a couple thousand is my guess. That could be way off because it's so, the timing is so close to, you know, is it Gonna, they're going to start in late November. They're going to start in late December. But anyway, so very small delivery starting at the end of 2019. 2020, I'm assuming they basically ramp to that 150,000 initial capacity and deliver that many cars in 2020. And then in 2021, I'm assuming they expand production. This could be either expanded Model 3 production or Model Y production begins in China. But either way, I think they're going to be able to continue to grow to 250,000 units sold in 2021. Now, if you assume uh, sort of translating this into revenue, I basically assumed that um, the average selling price of a Model 3 in China is about 40,000, is going to be about 40,000 USD, sort of assuming they're not getting that VAT tax or counting that as revenue. And so 6 billion in revenue uh, divided by 40,000 a car, 150,000 units. That's how I got the 6 billion number, 250,000 units times 40,000 average selling price per unit. That's how I get the $10 billion in revenue in 2021. So just to put this in context, Tesla's business only did about 22 billion in revenue overall in every country and every product line in 2019. Just Model 3s in China alone could be a $10 billion business in two years from this new factory. And if you if you want to get into like the earnings and cash flow situation from that, I think, you know, five to 10% of that could be dropping to the bottom line every single year. You know, that's 500 million to a billion in earnings uh, just from the Model 3 in China. And if you think about Tesla's valuation now as a company, just a fun little exercise, you know, we're trading about 220 per share, market cap about 40 billion, 40 billion divided by my potential earnings in 18 months from the China factory, we're looking, which are, could be potentially a billion dollars. We're only looking at a 40 times PE ratio for the whole company for the whole company's value, but that could be justified just from that China earnings. What are the sales numbers so far? What is what is the potential of, of a cheaper Model 3 in China? Because that's, that's really the crux of this and why it's so exciting. It's not just that they're building the car there and they're selling it domestically. The real exciting part is that building the car there means they have to avoid uh, paying import tariffs and they have to avoid shipping the cars there and they have to avoid giving that huge lag of where the car's on the ship. So from a cash flow situation, it's a vastly more efficient to get your uh, end product to customers as fast as possible. The second huge thing is that without all these costs and tariffs, they've been able to drop the price by about 15%. And that's a huge, huge deal. I mean, we're talking about a sedan that going from 55,000 to, you know, 47, 48,000, even though it doesn't sound like a huge price drop, the amount of size that the market increases when you, when you uh, drop the prices that much is huge. And so th this combination means that Tesla is going to have a much cheaper product uh, with a much improved cash flow profile. And I think that's going to lead to dramatically accelerated sales in the Chinese region. So there is some data from Clean Technica here that I thought was really interesting. It goes through January to April 2019, so a little bit delayed, about the best-selling EVs in China. They're um, BYAD, the Yuan EV number one, the BAC EU series. They're selling about 30,000 units in the first four months of this year. You can see the Model 3s down here with estimated about 7,000 uh, units. And so what I think is really interesting, though, is they describe these cars, and the ones that are number one and number two are actually priced about, uh, you know, 
they weren't actually as cheap as I thought. We're looking at a car with, you know, a 250 mile, 5-mile uh, NEDC range, which is far lower than the Model 3, but it's at about $25,000 price point, which is the number one selling car, outselling the, the Model 3 by 3x in China. That's the BYD One EV. Then the number two one is the Geely, uh, which sells for about $32,000. So now that the Tesla is dropping from, you know, its cheapest price car from like fifty-seven dollars to forty-seven, forty-eight thousand, dollars $48,000, it's getting a lot, lot closer. I mean, it's definitely not competing with the cheapest, best-selling EVs in China, but it's getting a lot, lot closer to that mainstream price point. I've been in China a couple times in the past two years, and some of my big takeaways are that, A, the government is pushing incredibly hard for EVs. You're seeing that with, like, they have green license plates for EVs, non-blue license plates for ICE cars. Um, and the other big thing about China is they're, they're, there's a lot of this emerging middle class places a lot of value on European and Western luxury brands. Apple, huge there. Gucci, Burberry, they love luxury brands. And I think Tesla is as much an automotive brand in China as it is a luxury brand. And I think that will play really, really well into strength and ability for, for consumers to do the sort of Tesla stretch where, yeah, sure, I could get a BYD for like $32,000, $33,000, or I could pay $47,000, um, you know, and get a Tesla Model 3, which is actually seen as like a very cool luxury product. A couple other interesting tidbits of information. Uh, Vincent has this video on his channel of the Tesla Gigafactory 3 Shanghai Job Fair, where you can see there was just tons of hype and excitement around people applying to work there at the Gigafactory 3. These on-the-ground hints are, are just really encouraging to me. Additionally, there's another Tesla Roddy article. I wanted to mention um, that that says about how uh, a bank of China, Pudon Development Bank, has signed an agreement with Tesla that is essentially allowing uh, potential buyers to get 0% interest for 60 months on, on a select models. And, and so I think the Chinese government is doing everything possible to make sure this first foreign auto factory is a success. And so um, now there is sort of a crazy conspiracy theory I wanted to throw into this episode and see kind of what you all think, um, because I kind of wanted to tie in Maxwell. One of my big theories is that Tesla is getting ready to vertically integrate into the battery supply chain more and more and essentially get into cell production or get closer to producing its own lithium ion battery cells with the technology acquired from Maxwell, the dry battery electrode. And so Gigafactory 3, like I said, in, in theory, should be building its own battery production. Tesla said every Gigafactory from now on will have cell battery cells all the way to vehicles. And so Tesla should be building its own battery cells at Gigafactory 3 Shanghai. Now, will those be the dry battery electrodes from Maxwell? Who knows? It's very, very possible, in my opinion, given they are setting up this brand new production line. It makes sense to use your most state-of-the-art technology. What's even more interesting is, is taking a little step back. April 10th, 2017, Maxwell signed a $47 million strategic equity investment agreement with China's SDIC Fund Management. Uh, it's an investment vehicle that's owned by the Chinese government, as far as I'm concerned, trying to buy a $47 million stake in Maxwell. And I thought this was really interesting. The funding will also help foster significant partnerships with industry leaders in automotive and energy storage and positions us to capitalize on the unprecedented upside dry electrode opportunity. This is a great win for our shareholders, partner, customers, and employees. They go further on to say, uh, Mr. Guo, or Gao Guha, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, uh, of the, the chairman of the SDIC fund management said, we conducted comprehensive diligence conducting that, concluding that Maxwell has a world-class team with the vision and sound strategy needed to leverage their innovative dry electrode
Hydro Technology. We believe this technology has the potential to transform energy storage, addressing a substantial market opportunity, especially in China. Uh, we are excited about Maxwell's future growth prospects and the value that each party brings to this new alliance. So it looks like the SDIC, this Chinese investment vehicle, put a bunch of money into Maxwell in exchange to be able to have the right to get this dry battery electro technology to China. What's so interesting is in a SEC filing marked in September 2017, Maxwell actually has to scrap this deal. Um, they, they formally closed the deal in September 2017. I found this other academic study that basically goes through case studies of different times that China or different foreign entities tried to acquire technology from U.S. companies. And they say um, this, this thing called CFIUS, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, that basically has to, I guess, approve all these deals um, where major, you know, foreign company, foreign countries trying to take stakes in our companies. And this, you know, study says that it was actually failed. CFIUS was the reason that the Maxwell Technology Investment from SDIC failed and it was abandoned in February 2017. So they had to scrap this, this deal that was supposed to go through because it looks like the government didn't want them to do it. And it actually says, if you want to get another clue, if you go to Maxwell's Q2 2017 earnings release, you can see that we signed a strategic equity investment agreement with China's SDIC Fund Management Corp, subject to approval by the Committee on Foreign Investment to the United States, CFIUS, um, on August 4th. Just prior to the August 7th expiration of the final phase of the CFIUS review process, we withdrew the filing to allow for more review and discussion with CFIUS. So really weird uh, sort of like, I don't know, this is just a side story that I feel like could be involved here because you had China try and buy a huge chunk of Maxwell to bring the dry battery electrode. That deal gets scrapped. It looks like the U.S. government had some sort of hand in that. And then about a year later, Tesla buys Maxwell and gets the rights to build a wholly owned EV factory in China where they could be building, uh, where they could be essentially commercializing the first step of that dry battery electrode, which China had previously tried to acquire. So tons of different things to unpack here. But that was sort of a side tangent, which gets me back to the main point which is so, so exciting, which is Tesla's Gigafactory 3, the first wholly owned factory in China, which was just this, you know, sort of on paper project six months ago has gone from a pile of dirt to a fully completed uh, shell of a factory now beginning production and tooling set to begin customer deliveries in about five or six months has the opportunity to generate about 10 billion in revenue from this factory in the year 2021 according to my estimates uh, and basically provide a ex hugely exciting new growth opportunity for Tesla in the world's largest electric vehicle market and I think this is going to be you know it may start off not the most profitable rev revenue for Tesla yet as production super small but as they scale this, I think that the profitability of revenue in China could be even higher than the U.S. because, like they said, the capex is lower, the costs are lower. It's a state-of-the-art manufacturing line. Um, the labor, the labor cost for employees at the factory is going to be much lower relative to the U.S. So I think this adds up to the fact that there is a huge new growth opportunity on the table for Tesla, and it is the Shanghai Gigafactory Three, and it is coming online soon, and it's going to start to impact the financials as soon as Q4 2019, which is right around the corner. Definitely follow Vincent on Twitter. Twitter if you want updates on the Shanghai factory because I think he's got some of the best stuff out there. Anyway, this is HyperChange. Huge shout out to all of our Patreon supporters, producers funding the channel. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Peace.